calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome to this spoiler review episode for Loki episode here, uh, Loki season two, episode four here from the. Wow. The geek, geek, geek. <sighs> ba, 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 buddies. <laughs> I, that, uh, that, see, that, uh, that end of that episode really threw you for such a loop. You couldn't do it. Let's say. Yeah, my brain is spaghetti, let alone Victor Timely being spaghetti. But yes, we are absolutely going to be talking about episode four here of Loki season two, Hearts of the TVA. A lot happening in this one. They, I am now officially caught up with everybody else. Uh, so the, I don't know what's coming in five or six. Uh, so it's nice that now we're all on the same page. We've all seen episode four. We're going to have a fun discussion about it here on the show for sure. Talking about all that happened with Ravona, with Miss Minutes, with uh, General Docs with B-15, with Loki, with Mobius, with Sylvie, and of course, Obi and Casey, and of course, at the end there with Victor Timely. So there's a lot to explore and break down and talk about here on the show. We can't wait to do it, but uh, let's introduce ourselves first. I am the outlaw, John Roker, writer, producer, and host here on The Geek Buddy. I am Michael Vogel. I'm a writer and producer of animated TV shows and movies. And this is Shannon McClung. I'm a television actor and an animation writer where you can see some of our current work right now every weekend on YouTube with the third season of Strawberry Shortcake, Barry in the Big City. You can also see our Halloween special on Netflix, uh, the Strawberry Shortcake, the Beast of Barry Bog, and a trailer just got released for, for, a, for a holiday special, Vogel. Yeah. Do you want to tell them what the title of that is? That would be Strawberry Shortcake's Perfect Holiday, and you can watch it on November 1st on Netflix. Now, does the bog monster go away on November first, and the holiday replaces it, or do they both? You gotta, understand? if you want to know what happens to the Beast of Berry Bog, you gotta watch uh, Strawberry okay. Shortcake and the Beast of Berry Bog. I think that okay. the uh, episode will explain everything you need. Unlike this episode of Loki, which uh, left us with a lot of questions. That's for sure. It did. It did for sure. And we're going to jump into it uh, real quick. One last reminder. This is a spoiler review episode. So we'll be spoiling everything that happened in the episode. If you haven't seen it, go and watch it. Come back, hang out with us because we are going to break it on down to its nooks and crannies for sure. So, uh, Michael, overall, your thoughts on this episode getting so we, we clearly have the lines drawn here. Ravona and Miss Minutes banding together to go and take over the TVA. Loki, Sylvie, Milbius, Obi, Casey, B-15, all wanting to kind of retake control of the TVA and fix it uh, with Victor Timely's help. B-5 now coming in as an X-Factor on the Ravona Renslayer side and then leading all to this idea that they're all probably, possibly dead at least on this timeline so your thoughts overall on this episode of loki um i don't know that they're dead we'll see i listen a, a continuation of what i've been saying which is this is fun yeah this is a ride like this is just a good time like it they clearly know the story they want to tell 
Um, we're getting a lot of action, a lot of interesting dynamics, a lot of cool visuals, but at the same time, we're making the time for characters to have these sort of lengthy discussions about fate and free will and determinism. And Jonathan Majors is fun to watch as Victor, like everything is just a blast. Like it is really, really a good time. And I'm sure as hell happy this wasn't to see a season finale because I would have been pissed. I'm glad we got two more episodes to sort of see how things shake out. But this, you know, what I will say for this is for someone and speaking for myself, for mm -hmm. a, a Marvel fan who has gotten a little tired of the multiverse and sure. tired of the multiverse saga, this series all by its lonesome mm -hmm. has made me way more interested and excited about the multiverse than anything else that Marvel has been doing, except maybe uh, no way home. Wow. That is a strong statement. Wow. Okay. Uh, Shannon, the directors on this one, Justin Benson, Eric Moorhead written by Eric Martin and Catherine Blair. Eric's been handling the writing for, for all these episodes this season. But what did you think of this episode here overall uh, as uh, it went on and as it, showed you the different uh, places that everyone is in emotionally and philosophically about what's going on and all the way leading to Victor Timely sacrificing himself, something we didn't expect when we first met this calm man in the last episode. What did you think about this whole episode here um, uh, in Loki season two? Well, I don't think he ex he expected that he was sacrificing himself. He went out there thinking <laughs> he's probably point. gonna make it. <laughs> um, you know what? Like last episode, I know there were some folks in our in our comments that were surprised. I, I gave it as as low a rating as I did. I mean, I said seven point five, um, but I liked it more in in uh, uh, concept versus execution. Mm. Um, this one, I like the execution. I think Benson and Ed did a really really good job directing this one with with the little bit of action that we got. Yeah. Um, I think I, I thought it was handled uh, really, really well. And, you know, starting into this season, uh, watching the uh, post-credit sequence in Quantumania, the, the assumption by and large by the fan base was Victor Timely is going to be the bad guy. Mm. And some of the things we saw in episode three, it's like, oh boy, like he, he's, you, you know, you're, you're, you're letting the bad guy into your base of operations. And it's just like, okay, he's not a perfect guy, but it looks like he's quirky and he maybe wants to do the right thing. Um, you know, the whole relationship, between him and Ouroboros, I mean, as brief as it was, I really, really enjoyed. I thought Kiwi Kwan and Jonathan Majors did um, a really, really great job together. And the whole character of Victor Timely, I just really, really enjoy. I know I know. in uh, episode three, it, uh, his performance was a little polarizing for people. Like some people thought like, man, this is brilliant. And also it's like, man, he's weird and he's stuttering and like he, his presentation at the fair, like it was just a, a, a little broad. And like for me, I thought it was pitch perfect. I'm like, that is exactly what I would think of someone, someone hawking goods at a fair. I think that is what they would have been like. And just his sort of, you know, Frederick Douglass look. I mean, mm. I love everything about this character. Um, and I hope this isn't the last we've seen of him, but chances are it may be. Um, but I, but I really, really enjoyed this episode. And uh, along with Vogel, I mean, I think the thing that I am really enjoying about it is I don't know where it's going. Um, yeah. With with the Disney Plus series, uh, the ones that have run six episodes, you get to episode four, and you're kind of like, yeah, are you going to be able to land the plane? And most of them haven't um, with this one you're like is there a plane i don't know <laughs> is there even a landing strip with us? yeah yeah we're, we're we're on a penny farthing bicycle on a, on a river <laughs> um, with this and i think that's something that i really enjoyed about it i think going into phase four there we sort of expected marvel to lean into the weird and they did a little bit but loki seems to be where they're really they're do they're leaning into it successfully yeah. Um, so yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. Yeah, I like this episode too. Uh, when we watched the first, when I got to the first episode, four episodes, this is my, this was my favorite episode of the four. I really enjoyed it and watching it again a couple times in preparation for our review. It the time sped by because you know these characters now are firmly entrenched in who they are, and I'm usually the one complaining that we get don't get enough time with certain actors, certain characters. What? But I think, but I think Kate Dickey with the limited screen time she had 
really made you connect with General Docs? First, not liking her and her military or militant approach to defending the TVA. Then, of course, what happened through the time doors, blowing up the timelines, really heartbreaking. But his her back and forth with Brad, who, of course, uh, Rafael Cassell doing a wonderful job with Brad again, made you feel for her and her dropping that line to... Uh, Ravona saying, "What does it feel like for you to realize that we'd all be we'd all rather die than follow you into this um, uh, place that you're going?" And I also think the show, which is great, you can be as weird as you want, but give me interesting philosophical discussions, as Mike was alluding to, but also the symbolism here, this idea of, and we all know we can make connections to this real world or otherwise. You know, you can go all the way to to, a, to friendships, to family, to politics, to the world. Uh, do we burn it down or do we have hope to try and fix it? So I love that we got that discussion with Loki and Sylvie, the philosophical discussion there in the in the pie place, apparently the place to go and have the conversations. I love that we had that. But as you said, Shannon, as well, the chemistry between Majors and Kihi Kwam was great. You got on board with this. Whatever your feelings about Victor, you got a different perspective. And I love that Victor said, hey, I'm from Shadeopolis. That's Chicago, which is, of course, still true today. So I love that that was factored into all of this as well as a kind of connection. And then uh, the entire bigger story they're trying to tell here about who should be running the TVA and having Ms. Minutes and Ravona become like these two women going, we don't need the guy anymore. We are going to do it, which of course mirrors what we're seeing a lot with women nowadays and seeing that to become a part of our pop culture, this feeling that we don't need men necessarily all the time. We don't need to be catering to men all the time. We can go and have our own agency and create our own world and do our own thing. And so I like that all of that was mixed in here. And it wasn't like, there wasn't a lantern hung on all of it. It was just there and it worked organically in the overall telling of the episode, which I really, really enjoyed. Um, all right, but let's get into it. We're going to break it down into three sections here. We'll have a, you know, I'll go through some of the stuff in the first section and we'll talk about it, take a break and then do that a couple more times. So let's get into it. We head back to the castle at the end of time. Miss Minutes shows Ravona her past in the TBA with He Who Remains. He calls Ravona a marvel huh? and that he was proud to lead with her. A time door opens. She heads to the TVA. He says, I'll catch up. He remains behind as he who remains. And he calls up Ms. Minutes and initiates Protocol 42, a very big number in the Marvel Universe. If you think of Miles Morales, Mr. Fantastic, uh, to erase Ravona and everyone else's memory. So that's the big reveal that Miss Minutes had for Ravona from last episode. Miss Minutes tells Ravona after she's uh, moved away from the memory here that she commanded the armies that helped uh, he who remains uh, win or create the TVA. And then Miss Minutes proposes an alliance with her and without Timely. So we head back to the TVA and Victor Timely comes through the time door and explores the TVA, sees everything that goes on, goes up to the mural here. B-15, Loki, Mobius, and Sylvie explain to him that they need his help to fix the temporal loom. Uh, Judge Gamble then we see uh, uh, rolls into uh, the room there to talk to B-15 to convince her that General Docs can be convinced possibly to be on their side because she's someone who defended the TBA. She might want to defend this new version of the TBA. Obi and Casey are running calculations when the uh, when, when the crew and Victor Timely show up. Obi and Victor nerd out over each other about who came first, the chicken or the egg. Ouroboros puts not too fine a point in it by saying, yeah, it's like a snake eating its own tail, which is, of course, the definition of Ouroboros. Obi also explains the, the plan with the throughput multiplier being launched into Loom and scaling the Loom's capacity. Victor, though, figures out the issue that they've been having, and he offers to work with Obi to integrate his prototype solution into the throughput multiplier. Now, this prototype solution looks an awful lot like the multiversal engine core that we saw in Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania, possibly which was used to power Kang's time sphere. And as Sylvie, Loki, and Mobius walk out, Sylvie calls out Mobius for being so casual about all of this and wanting to eat pie when people are possibly dying and for not seeing where he originated from. So it doesn't matter to him because he hasn't gone there. He can't really feel it himself and then storms out. So let's stop there. Mike, a lot in these first few scenes here, seeing where everyone lies, seeing the... Um, uh, the coming together of uh, Ms. Minutes and Ravona, but also seeing Victor Timely here in the TVA and then wanting him to help them. And then Sylvie calling out Mobius at the end there for his, what she deems to be casual approach to all of this. What are your thoughts on these opening scenes? Yeah, there's a lot to talk about here. I think yeah. overall, I found what was really interesting with this episode and what's going to be interesting to go back and look at it when we're looking forward towards Kang Dynasty and Secret War is what here has always happened and what here is new. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, 
this whole thing is an Ouroboros. Like, right. he who remains is at the end of time. Sylvie and Loki show up. Sylvie kills he who remains. Loki goes back here. Uh, Ravona gives the the TVA guidebook to a very young Victor Timely. Victor Timely grows up, builds the thing, comes to the TVA. Did he always turn into spaghetti? Did Miss Minutes always tell Ravona the secret? So, like, I think when we get into, like, there at some point it deviates because, spoiler alert, Kang's not going to win at the end of Phase 6. So, <laughs> at some point, something happens that means this didn't happen before. But I don't know that we've gotten there yet. Like, mm -hmm. even though it looks like Ravona's been pruned or it looks like Miss Minutes went rogue, maybe she always did. Like, yeah. like so I think that's what's going to be interesting to see is the theme of Ouroboros. At some point, we're getting out of the Ouroboros, but I don't know where it is. So, for example, in this opening scene... Um, Ravona learning that her mind has been wiped, but more importantly, that she was central to He Who Remains. Yeah. Like, he couldn't have done it without her. We hear the exact conversation we got in the recording at the beginning. Really curious why that recording is there and yeah. who recorded it and left it for Loki, maybe. I don't know. Um, but, like, we get to see the scene. Visually, I really like the way they did it. There's a thousand really boring ways that you could have had Miss Minutes project something. But having her project it really small and having mm. Ravona look down on it like a dollhouse from behind the entire time made it way more visually interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, but then when Miss Minutes says to Ravona, she's like, hey, maybe we don't need him. Maybe we can do this on our own. You're like, oh, okay, is this, is this a deviation or is this still all part of his plan? Who knows? We don't know. Um, Victor Timely showing up at the TVA, just a delight. He played it great. He was overwhelmed. He didn't quite know what was going on. Uh, everybody kind of coming up. I loved him kind of going down the hall and just getting distracted by everything and all of them being like, buddy, we got, we got, we got shit to do. We got to do this. Um, just the Ouroboros-ness of the Ouroboros introduction was great. I mean, the fact that these two, this is, this is literally as confusing as it's probably going to get and we're all going to get like you know to near the end of phase six we're going to be like fucking fuck time travel i can't do with this anymore like in these little bits it's really fun like this ouroboros always was inspired by victor timely who was always inspired by ouroboros who was always inspired by victor timely and on and on forever and ever and ever um and then because i'm a nerd love a good back to the future reference kihi <laughs> kwan rolling out that model apologizing that it's not to scale and that he didn't have time he did get a chance to paint it which doc brown did not yeah, um true. and just how embarrassed he was about showing his shitty scale model which is better than any of us could have ever done in front of victor timely and also the fact that on the temporal loom he had a sign that said not to scale like he, he didn't have time to make it to scale but he did have time to make a sign to make it clear for everybody that it wasn't to scale um also just a really interesting and again this is a great directorial choice just in the same way that we got to see ravona's head looming large over the image that Miss Minutes projected to her, Man. the way that they shot the whole thing with Ouroboros showing that you had Victor Timely's head looming large over the scale model, which was just an interesting choice, kind of like just visually kind of matching up those two things was cool. Um, but yeah, really loved that looks like Victor Timely's prototype, which looks clearly like the uh, probability drive from Ant-Man and the Wasp, like that that was the key to sort of expanding everything out. Really, really interesting stuff there. And then, yeah, like the whole scene with B-15 and what's the judge's name? Uh, oh, gosh. Uh, Not Docs. Just Ga keep going. Uh, Gamble? Yeah, Gamble. Judge Gamble. Yeah, sorry, Judge Gamble. Um, kind of to your point earlier, uh, you know, we do, as you mentioned, we always have these debates where we'll watch a show and you want all the information about the side characters and you want more right. scenes with them. And then we argue that there's not that much time and we can't focus on them. But I do agree with you that what we have going on here is the solution, that it's not mm. always that you need more time with characters. You just need to be smart about the time that you spend with characters. Yeah, right, sure. And with yeah. Gamble, as little screen time as she's had, just we know exactly who she is. Yeah. She was the judge. She had these opinions. She now believes B-15. She's like, we have always pruned. That is efficient. Right. That is easy. I agree with you that it might not be right, but we need a better solution. Go talk to Docs. She is loyal, even though you guys don't. Like, you just got all of this information that was like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. I get B-15's perspective. I get Gamble's perspective. I get yeah. Docs. It was just really, really tight and really, really well done. 
Um, and then I think the scene with Sylvie and Mobius and Loki was really is ultimately going to be really important. Yeah. I mean, Sophie just getting so upset about the casualness that the TVA has about the death of billions and the fact that Mobius has never gone like we it, they've made such a big deal yeah. out of his refusal to even explore where he was on the timeline. Yeah. Um and the most interesting thing about this scene that I thought, you know, Loki we talk, we've talked a lot in these first three episodes about the great dynamic between Loki and Mobius, how the two of them are just doing such a lovely job and they're, like, they're the bros and like watching them go on these journeys together is such a delight. Yeah. Loki doesn't defend Mobius in front of Mobius. Uh, he doesn't, I mean, he definitely defends him in the scene later with Sophie, but they right. overlap the scene with um, M. Brett, Brent, Brett? M. Brad. What's his name? Brad. Brad. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember anyone's name this morning. Um, but with Brad saying, uh, you're not going to say anything or like whatever his line is, yeah. they say it on yeah, yeah. over Mobius, yeah. which made it look like, you know, like Mobius is like Mobius and Loki's relationship at, might be a little fractured, uh, mm -hmm. as we sort of end everything, um, where we end this episode. So I think there was a lot of really interesting setup with a lot of the stuff going on here. And yeah, like I'm saying, like just the joy to watch all this and start to, be interested about what the fuck is happening with the multiverse, which, like I said, I haven't been for a minute with Marvel. Like, I was yeah. like, thank you, Loki season two, for making my little nerd heart a little <laughs> bit excited about this. Yeah, she had a lot of moving pieces in these first few scenes about, I mean, because it's essentially two sides fighting for the soul of the TVA, in essence. And we're seeing slowly but surely the sides kind of come into focus about who's on whose side. Of course, we're going to get to Brad in just a second as he's the X factor in all of this eventually. Your thoughts overall on these first few scenes and how they were laying out what we were going to get uh, uh, going to get later on in this episode. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed that first scene. Um, not only sort of the interesting visual of how Miss Minutes made the recreation smaller. It's sort of what uh, He Who Remains did with Loki and Sylvie at the end of season one. Like when he mm -hmm. brings up, you start to see these little tiny variants. And visually, that's just interesting. Like, you know, when you have someone, it, it, it's very Gulliver's Travels. Like you have someone big looking at something little. But also it gives you the idea of control that this is these are these are playthings these are things that i know how to use and as ravona is looking at this tiny version of herself finding out that this guy who she had served faithfully had ultimately betrayed her yeah like that's just a great that that's just a great way to kind of visualize it um again and i and i love i love fan theories i love re going on twitter or, and and hearing what people think like everyone been like after last week when Ms. minute said she had a secret that she was going to tell ravona but it was going to make you real angry it's like <laughs> ravona ravona is a variant of he who remains ravona is this like it was basically what we had all kind of assumed she, she's going to tell her by the way your memories were wiped too yeah so i thought that was really nice um victor timely coming into the tva again Jonathan Majors for all of his personal issues. Um, the guy is a really, really good performer, um, but also not for everybody. Like there are, there are definitely people that are not down with what he has been doing as Victor Timely that they think it's a little broad, a little weird, but I think this, this character is a little broad and a little weird. So yeah. everything that he's doing to me makes sense. Um, as he's looking at those sort of you know, TVA version of stained glass windows where he sees the timekeepers on the left, and I might be wrong here. Yeah. I didn't get terribly close to the TV. It looks like Kangs. Yeah, it's a bunch of Kangs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. I was like, that's okay. Like, so they know that they're, they were told they're timekeepers, but there's these guys over here that clearly kind of look like the demons that you would see in like an old, uh, you know, an old kind of Renaissance painting. I just think the design, the production design across the board on this show is so, so good. Mm. Um, as Mobius and Loki and then Sylvie come up, um, the writing here is just really, really funny. Like the moment that he see he sees Loki and Mobius and he puts his dukes up, you know, Queen Queensberry style. And then as uh, Sylvie gets there, he says, oh, it's a party. Hello. <laughs> and he starts talking about Ravona and he starts talking about Miss Minutes, the effervescent clock lady thing. <laughs> like it's just really, really fun, fun writing. And it's, it's, 
writing that you don't it's writing you don't have to do like all here's what we need to know in this scene we need to tell you this so we can get you here but the seasoning that they give the characters um especially victor timely is just really really enjoyable to watch um the meeting with ob that was just a great reveal mm. where uh victor timely says you know uh, oh you're Ouroboros you wrote this in that moment where he's like well yeah but I got all of my ideas from this guy Victor Timely and he what's your name (laughs) and that Victor like that is just such a great writing moment it's a great acting moment um again to the production design the not to scale sign that is so funny because there's you know no one points that out like you just have or ob and casey saying hey it's not to scale not to scale and then you see not to scale it's just (laughs) such a funny funny little moment all of the acting across the board on this show is is really great and as we see like okay they're going to they're going to fix this we've got we've got this trio together the bromance of ob and timely like all right they're gonna fix this and you see sort of the relief that mobius has like hey let's go get some pie and sylvie uh so uh sophie demartino uh does a great does a great job here how she basically is humanizing the thing to him that was so casual before Hmm. um it's just really really strong work and again watching the progression of loki's character the the conversation that he has you know you think about where he was at this time this is a loki who didn't uh you know didn't bond with thor you know this is this is a different loki and so just watching him kind of taking the lead in this and imploring to sylvie's humanity it's just really really interesting work and really fun to watch yeah we'll get to that scene in just a second but yeah the the opening (laughs) sorry no 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 it's okay the opening (laughs) scene i think is fantastic as well because again as i said earlier when talking about overall perspective on the episode this is the moment right we find out that he has been wiping their memories probably multiple times this idea of rewriting history this idea of having you to forget your past so that person in charge can reconstruct a new narrative about the history of a place that you live in. There's a lot of symbolism here when you're looking at how, when you're digging in bone deep on what they, what the Eric Martin and Catherine Biller might be talking about with this script, this idea that, okay, there's a, a man in charge who is wiping your memories over and over again. You, uh, she's, you know, she realizes Ravona, God, we did everything to keep him in charge while he sat on the throne. I was out here leading the armies, doing all these things just to satisfy him. So you see a little female solidarity with her and Miss Minutes. By the way, I don't trust Miss Minutes as far as I can uh, touch her, and I can't because she's an illusion. So to me, I'm looking, I, I don't trust her at all. So is she manipulating Ravona? Is this part of her plan? As Michael was alluding to earlier, has this all part of He Who Remains his plan, or is this the break in the timeline? What is this? So there's a lot of questions I have. Why would she show Ravona that if it wasn't to manipulate Ravona to be on her side because she has an ulterior motive here? So I like that you've got all of these elements operating underneath and some of the symbolism here going on and then we get into the scene with them going to talk to victor and victor being all freaked out and you were uh, alluding to some of the writing here shannon also victor saying like don't i get a say in this don't i forget to like have my own agency here and say yes or no to the situation or do i have to go along with everybody and of course he realizes it eventually that he does He's inspired and excited by the philosophical stuff, the scientific stuff, the intelligent stuff, this challenge to be able to use his prototype and make it work in the throughput multiplier. What's that all about? So, yes, seeing all of that, I think, feels organic in the progression of Victor. This would make sense for Victor to want to help because he's challenged by it intellectually. And Ouroboros saying, if you had had the means, you would be even greater than Albert Einstein. That's also a commentary sometimes that we see uh, people say, certainly, again, I'm going to make some connections here. Uh, one of the big speeches Malcolm X used to say is how many people in our communities uh, could have been these great scientists, these great mathematicians, these great things, but we didn't have the resources. We weren't giving the resources by a, by a system that didn't allow us to have those resources. So I like that he's saying that to a black man in this situation who was an intelligent black man, but didn't have the resources to become as big as he could become. So there's illusions there too. And then later the Sylvia, uh, Sylvia rather, and Mobius scene I think is really interesting because how many people don't want to tap into something that they find like unsettling or hurtful or 
tough to look at. So they just ignore it and turn it into numbers and don't want to deal with it. And Sylvie is trying to yank Mobius into looking at it, making him look at it so that he can have a different perspective. So there's a lot here that I thought was really smart in the writing and in the construction of these scenes uh, to show more than just what's going on uh, there in the show, which I thought was great. So, um, all right, well, let's take a quick break and we'll jump into the second section of our discussion here uh, for this episode uh, right after this. Hello, Geek Buddies fans. Before we jump into today's episode, let's give a warm thank you to our sponsor, Marquee TV. Their support is why we're able to bring this podcast to you. Marquee TV isn't just any streaming service. They're your gateway to an incredible world of arts and culture. That's right, Johnny. I've explored Marquee TV, and I've been amazed by their vast library of performances, exclusive interviews, and behind-the-scenes content. It is a treasure trove for any arts and culture lover. Right now, I'm in the middle of watching the Royal Shakespeare Company's production of The Tempest, and I've also got my eye on that Shakespeare masterclass taught by Dame Judi Dench. Yeah, Shannon, and speaking of the RSC, I watched Christopher Eccleston's performance of Macbeth last night, and I'm going to jump into Kit Harington's performance of Henry V from the Donmar Warehouse. Imagine having the world's most breathtaking ballets, dramatic theater productions, and magical operas at your fingertip. That's the experience Marquee TV offers, making the arts accessible wherever you are. And we've got a special treat for our listeners. Marquee TV offers three months of access for just 99 cents that's right three months for only 99 cents with the code buddies b-u-d-d-i-e-s simply visit marquee.tv and use the promo code buddies to dive into the world of arts like never before bring the arts home with marquee tv get three months for just 99 cents visit marquee.tv to start your journey into the world of arts now use code buddies explore the extensive library of performances on marquee tv today and keep up with the latest in art streaming by following at marquee tv on social media contained herein are the heresies of radolf buntwine erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator join me as i uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world that ours is not a loving god and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Bantwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. It's good. I like it. All right, we go back to the cells of the TVA. Here is a, um, a Shannon was alluding to and Mike alluding to Brad and Docs go at it. <laughs> over Brad selling them out here and wanting to become an actor. Uh, B-15 comes in and tries to win Docs to her side and then walks out hoping a little bit of time will get Docs to uh, kind of see her point of view on this. Brad is scared that they're going to get... I'm combining these sections together so that we, so it's much more cleaner here. Uh, we see Brad is scared that they're going to get pruned as he's talking to Docs. Docs disagrees and thinks that B-15 has a lot of ethics and morals so she can trust her. But then Ravona and Miss Minutes appear and this is because Sylvie, for whatever reason, kicked Ravona through that time door and let her have the temp pad. Left her with the temp pad in her hand, so they were able to appear here. They come in to pitch their plan. Um, essentially, this is Green Arrow in uh, in Kingdom Come. Now that you've heard, uh, you know, Big Blue, uh, Big Blue's pitch. Here's ours. But then Ravona and Miss, they pitch their plan. Ravona pitches anyone who helps them will have a life on the timeline. Um, Miss Minutes turns on the machine when she senses that they don't want to go along with her. And eventually they turn on that machine. The boxes show up and with maniacal glee on her face, Miss Minutes kills Docs and everybody, but not except for B5, but not before Docs gets a final shot at Ravona by saying, how does it feel that we'd all rather die than follow you on this escapade? Uh, Loki and Sylvie have a fantastic discussion in the pie place about their different perspectives. Loki tells a story about Thor from the first Thor movie, and it leads to a discussion of compassion versus burning this place down and starting from scratch. Loki says trying to fix things is hard. Hope is hard. And to me, I, I say, well, again, you can't ignore the commentary they're making because there are plenty of people who just want to destroy things, turn it into chaos. And there are other people who want to live in the place of hope, fixing things, recognizing the mistakes, but having hope that we can fix it and make it a better place. So I love that. And then Sylvie hears Loki's point of view and says, whatever we do, we're playing God. And he reminds her that we are gods, which I think is a nice end to that scene. So let's stop there because then there was a lot there. Uh, Shannon, your thoughts on those conversations with Docs, Ravona, Miss Minutes, uh, and Brad, and then the conversation with Sylvia and Loki in the pie place. 
Well, happy to see Brad Wolf again yes. after last episode. I'm like, is he done? Like, have we seen the last of him? Like there, there's a version of the story where you don't actually need to go back to him, but I'm glad they did because is it Rafael Casal? Yeah. Rafael Casal. Yeah. Uh, he's great. He's great. And there is, there is a comedy to his delivery that with the writing, I really kind of credit writers like uh, Lord and Miller that mm. sometimes the funniest thing to say is just the simple, honest truth. <laughs> and when Docs is saying to him, like, you know, you gave away our plan and you see the panic on his face. And he says, I didn't know you knew that. <laughs> like to me, that is just such a funny, funny line. Yeah. And to go back just a second, because I, I missed this line when they were talking about who's going to go out into the temporal loom. And Mobius says, well, Loki's really going to have to hoof it. He's like, why me? He's like, because it's your turn. Like, that is just a simp. That is just such a simple. It's not even a joke. It's just a simple line yeah. that is that is so, so funny. Um, yeah. Even though we don't know Docs that well, we what we get from Kate Dickey, um, yeah. we're able to fill in the blanks quite a bit. Like I know you all were talking about earlier about, you know, the side characters that we would like to know more about. Um, she's one that they haven't told us a ton, but we seem to know a lot about her. Um, even though she is very much on the other side of this conflict with B-15, she yeah. also respects B-15. And she's just kind of like, all right, you know, we have a difference of opinion here, but you can trust her. Like this right. is this is this is who she is and then you watch Ravona and Miss Minutes come in and automatically you just see the tides turn the glee on that psychotic clock's face oh right. that cycloctic clock's face okay 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 <laughs> you know keep we had to going, go there keep it going keep it going <laughs> it was just again just so so enjoyable uh Tara Strong doing Ugh. such a great job as miss minutes the animators who are who are you know bringing miss minutes visually to life it's just it's just a lot of fun and you see that this uh this uh torture device that this is not something that they came up with just for brad like this is something that uh minutemen and the hunters have used before because she knew exactly exactly what to do again she i think i already invented it shannon there's a real possibility miss minutes Cer invented it for god's sake certainly possible <laughs> um i've already you know you know given my thoughts on the uh mobius or uh, uh the sylvie loki scene um but yeah this there is a reason thus far like this is this has been my favorite episode of the series yeah interesting conversations mike with docs coming around to b15 yes two different points of views but finding some commonality and some trust here to work together possibly, which of course doesn't end up happening because of the uh, extreme points of views of Ravona and uh, Miss Minutes and what they want to do with the TVA. And then of course, what we get with Loki and uh, Luke, Loki and Sylvie in the, in the pie place, the place she didn't want to end up in. She ends up in to have this conversation. Your thoughts on these two uh, strings of scenes. Yeah. You know, the whole, the, uh, the title of this episode is the heart of the TVA. And I mm. think that's where, what's really interesting here is that's what most of these debates are about. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gamble and B15 uh, are, are, are basically saying like, we do need to, like, I care about these people. I care about this place, Yeah. but we've got it. And I do think that we have a responsibility, but we have to do it differently. Docs also cares very deeply about the TVA and the people at the TVA. She just thinks, we should be doing things the way we always did things, but they all very much care about the TVA. Ravona comes in and says, "In a in the two, in the few days that I've been gone, this place has gone to shit. I should right. clearly be in charge." Right. But Ravona mm. doesn't really care about anything except herself being in control. Hmm. She yeah. wants that power. Um, it's one of the reasons why she and Kang will never work. Uh, she, uh, you know, interestingly, somebody brought this up. I did not, I did not notice this. I am not this smart, but the, the, um, the, I did know this, like the TVA slogan is, uh, what every, all time, for, for all time, always. for all time, always, for yeah. all time, always what Ravona and Kang say to each other is for us, for all time, mm. always Kang takes the, for us part out. He's not a, for us guy. He's a, for me guy. Right. And no so partners. you can never. Yeah, no partners. So yeah. like Ravona being that power hungry, it's never gonna work. But so like all of these discussions about well, what the fuck, and it leads into the discussion that Sophie and uh, and Loki have. But yes, first, just to reiterate, 
this minute is a fucking psycho. I texted Tara <laughs> Strong a picture. I snapped a picture of the face she was making when she was watching everybody get uh, squished. And I texted it to Tara Strong and I said, this is the face of a fucking psychopath. <laughs> and I'm currently running a poll on Twitter uh, that you can go vote for when you see this. I said, checking something. Who's the scariest villain in the MCU? Thanos, Kang, Ultron, or Miss Minutes? Miss Minutes is currently in the lead with 48%. So I I really want to see more of Miss Minutes. I think Miss Minutes is now up there uh for me with Rocket Raccoon. With, you know, for all just in in the ter- in terms of characters that are just so fucking weird oh, and that oh. Marvel just makes them work. Right. Like Rocket Raccoon, this 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 little raccoon who loves to like blow things up and has a fucking chip on his shoulder mm-hmm. that Marvel made us all fall in love with to the point where he's most people's like a lot of people's favorite Marvel character. And now Miss Minutes, the fucking psycho clock, who is out ultroning Ultron mm-hmm. in what she's doing in the show. It's just kind of awesome. Like I love I I just want to see not only do I want to see more of Miss Minutes in Loki. Mm. I hope she's a big part of fucking Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars. Like, just give me yeah. more Miss Minutes. I am, I am in. Um, the Sophie Loki scene is really great um, because, again, it's just these two people arguing about these epic issues of like, do we? force everybody to do what we think they should do do we just let everybody go and see what happens i mean her issues of so we're just gonna let this guy behind the curtain uh in 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 the very wizard of oz reference with victor timely and then just let him go let him see how everything works and then just let him go and loki's like and this is key i think loki's like well yeah i mean we can't just give people free will and then just let them go. Mm. We have to like watch them. I'm like, well, that sounds like Loki started to take the Kang perspective and perhaps is gonna end up being in charge of the TVA himself. Like this whole idea of, well, sure we should let people live the way they wanna live, but like we should watch them to make sure they do what we think they should do. Right. That's really yeah, I mean, just to make sure that it all goes the way the, the way that it should go. And then when she's like, yeah, but, but like we're acting like gods. And he's like, yeah we are gods like it's an interesting setup for where we're and look i don't think that loki is all of a sudden gonna like turn into like old school loki and say i'm loki i want to be the boss and i should be in control of everything right i think the entire discussion here shows that loki has grown and evolved as a character i think his intentions are absolutely in the right place but he's still loki Mm -hmm. and he is still in this position where if you think that you know what's best for everyone and you find yourself in this position, perhaps you say, well, I mean, I would be better than he who remains. So maybe I should be in charge. Well, and the idea of him, sorry, Mike, I just was no, no, thinking go for it, like, go for it. no, you know, it, it, there, there have been, you know, certain limited comic runs, like when there's been like, you know, Tony Stark, director of S.H.I.E.L.D., the agents of Wakanda, right. the, the title of Loki, director of the TVA, would look really good on a title page of a comic <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I just, it was an interesting thing because it's interesting watching Loki sort of struggle. You know, season one was just Sophie and Loki being like, we're going to go to the end of time and we're going to kill this guy because free will is more important. And this whole fit, this, it's all free will. We're both on the same, we're on team free will. Yeah. And as soon as he who remains started talking, Loki was like, Ooh, maybe bad idea. Everything mm-hmm. he's saying about all these other Kangs, like this sounds bad. And now Loki is defending the TVA. Right. Loki is like the TVA. We need the TVA. The TVA is important. And Sophie's like, just burn it all. To the- like, fuck it. Let yeah. everything be free. And he's like, oh, yeah, we can't. That's not like this discussion is key to what is going to be happening in the bigger Marvel universe, but also key to this series of like, we basically destroyed, rebooted, did something at the end of this episode and the rest of this season is going to be well what comes out of it you know are we like i think we're in in a very ouroboros fashion we'll get to our theories about what happens but the tva isn't going away we're still like but like what who's building what and how does it get built and what does sophie do and what does loki do and is victor timely really gone like there's a lot of all of the setups like as 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 john was saying and as shannon was saying 
knowing where all of these characters are and what their perspectives are about the TVA and why the TVA is important and what they want out of the TVA, I think is going to be important in the next few episodes. Yeah, I mean, and and Ouroboros. I mean, this idea we our entire lives are Ouroboroses. There's nothing new that we confront in our worlds that we don't confront in every generation. How do we fix it? How do we make it better? Oh, there are people who don't. They want to keep it the same. Okay, are they winning? Are we winning? Okay, now that we're in charge, are we really doing the right thing? You know, that, what's that line in Hamilton uh, that uh, King George says to them? It's a whole different thing once you're in charge, once you're in the lead. Uh, it's up to you. Good luck. You know, these, so the, this idea of, I feel yes, like Lin-Manuel Miranda wrote that better, but yeah, I know what you're talking <laughs> sure, about. Sure. I'm sure he did. That's why I'm here and he's there. <laughs> but this, uh, this, the whole thing here is, but I, you know, cause I've been, uh, looking at that, uh, show all over again recently. And it just kind of looking at King George's and what he's saying in these things. And that moment very much uh, to me connected to that, what he was saying there, like being in charge and Loki says, um, we can't just give them free will and walk away. And, and exactly what, but that's actually what you was you were trying to do. Now you're realizing maybe we shouldn't. But I also like the commentary within the idea within that scene of of the idea of compassion. How some people do see caring for people, being emotional about people's well being, wanting the best for people, wanting to create a fair society. They see it as weak. They see it as soft. And that's what Loki, when he was villain Loki saw compassion, saw affection, saw care for other creatures, other species as weak, you know? And so there's this conversation and Sylvie's coming from the place of, look, just burn it down and we'll build it all together from scratch. Kind of like Daenerys a little bit, like just wreck it all, break the wheel, and then I'll build a better thing. But you always think that until you start to build it, because then you realize, well, shit, I didn't know all this other stuff was involved in building it. So I like that we had those two different points of views playing out between the two of them countering also what we got with the two different points of views here when we see docs refusing to go along with uh with ravona and with with miss minutes and we thought she might because she seemed to be evil or at least have a very militaristic point of view in how to defend the tva we thought she might go with the opportunity to get out of prison or get out of this jail cell and get revenge but she doesn't she sees that that extremist point of view of Ravona's and Miss Minutes is not where she wants to go. She'd rather work with B-15 and find a, dare I say it, bipartisan way of working together to get a better version of the TBA out there. So there's a lot here that's going on that I think works more than just about what we're seeing in the show. And it's doing great on the show. But I think it's also a commentary about other stuff that's going on in our world and in a micro and macro way, which I think is just genius in the writing, to be honest with you. Um, and, let's take another. Oh, sorry. One more thing. Yeah. No, I was just going to say when you think about what Loki wanted in season one of this show, mm -hmm. he wanted to take over the TVA. He wanted to burn it down himself. Yes, he wanted to get in with the timekeepers. He yeah. wanted to be in charge, and now he kind of wants it, but for a different reason. Like yeah. he wants it less because I want to win. I want to rule everything. Now it's like someone has to do this. You're right. So someone has to keep this safe. Yeah. Yeah. And most people who are motivated to be in charge of something feel like they have to do it or they're chosen to do it. And that leads them to do it. And results are may vary. All right, let's take a break real quick. And we'll get into the last section of the episode here right after this. All right, there's a lot here, so I'm going to rip through it real quick. Victor, OB, and Casey install his prototype in the throughput multiplier. The temp pads are not connecting to it, though, so they're figure they're confused by this. Miss Minutes seems to be stopping them. Victor is amazed by a hot cocoa machine. D90 takes him to it. Victor gives the, his cocoa to D90 before D90 sadly is pruned by Brad, and Victor is taken by Brad. B15... Sorry, B-15 walks in to see Docs and all her people are dead. She's horrified by all of this. Um, and she also notices that she can't access the tempads to find out what happened. Miss Minutes is blocking that. Then Obi notices Miss Minutes is in control of all the systems. Brad brings Victor to Ravona and Miss Minutes, and he turns into con man Victor by being like, oh, I'm so glad you both are still alive, which Ravona sees through. Sylvie gets stuck in the elevator. Where have we seen this before? Episode one. And rigs the elevator to work after Miss Minutes jams it. We cut to Lo the Loki from episode one running around saying he's still got time. All these scenes from episode one getting the phone or hearing the phone call, running to it, running out of time, and then getting pruned by 
himself, the uh, the Loki that we've been following for the last few episodes. We find out that it's Obi on the phone trying to reach Loki and Sylvie. There will go everybody's speculations of who might be calling on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Obi says we may have to reboot the system, which will shortcut short-circuit short Miss Minutes, but it will also allow the Lokis to use their magic. So everyone's on board with this. And Obi does re- reboot the system. Uh, and then Miss Minutes, we see that coming through with Miss Minutes as she starts to malfunction and uh, realizes that she's being rebooted. And before she fully goes offline, she has a message for Victor and she says, he'll never be him. Wow, you'll never be him. Pretty strong stuff. Brad runs out to confront Loki, but Sylvie takes him over and uh, uh, essentially controls him to go prune Ravona. Uh, they head to the bridge and Victor unlocks the doors. Loki volunteers to go, but Victor volunteers himself because he knows the multiplier works. He knows how the multiplier works if something goes wrong. Victor runs out to this epic music, and we're ready to see Victor save the day. And seconds later, he is spaghetti into cosmic spaghetti for <laughs> string theory, if you want to go that route. The temporal loom explodes as they ponder what went wrong. And as the music builds and the light gets brighter on Loki's face, we cut to black. For a few seconds, then the credits hit, and that is the end of the episode. Michael, a lot here that we careened to in this shocking finale this episode. Your thoughts on all these scenes? Um, where to begin? Uh, <laughs> the let's let's begin with the hot chocolate. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck this scene was. I know it's. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what it means. I don't know why it's there. Yes. I don't know why Victor Timely is so interested in the chocolate, but I will tell you that Jonathan Major's performance and the weird music that they played when he gave D90 the hot chocolate, I loved. But the yeah. bah! <laughs> like, like check out my chocolate and then his expression like, "Oh, this is." And he's like, bah! Like it was I Usually I watch something like that. I'm like, oh, I mean, I think that means this, or I think they were going for this, or or this is maybe like uh, this is going to mean something later. I have no clue if it fucking means anything, but I loved it. Mm. I was just in. Like, it was it was a delightful, weird head scratcher of a scene, um, yeah. and I just keep thinking about it. I don't know. It really is. It's really stuck with me. Um I think they did a really nice job of building the tension. Like everybody, oh, I can't get in the pad. I can't get in the pad. Like what's going on? Like you really started building things up, building things up. And then, um, and then again, in an episode where we got a chef's kiss back to the future reference, (laughs) we also go full Dennis Nedry, (laughs) Jurassic Park with this minutes, the ah, 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 ah. I was like, you know what? You're just giving me all the things I love in this episode. Just keep it coming. Keep it coming. Um, Once they do decide to sort of reboot everything, that weird death of Miss Minutes, again, like great animation, as Shannon said, on Miss Minutes throughout, like her psychopathic expression watching everybody die. But the weird breaking down of Miss Minutes was just really well done and effective, I thought. And what's interesting, when she died and looked at him directly and was like, you'll never be him. I yeah. I was really torn on this. I was like, have we seen the last of Victor Timely? I know I watched him turn into spaghetti. Yeah. I don't know how you come back from cosmic spaghetti. But there would be but Miss Minutes is about to get rebooted and ostensibly the whole TVA is going to get rebooted. Does some version of Victor Timely build Miss Minutes but she doesn't know that that's the Victor Timely and so she's like like there, it, it, the whole this whole thing is a mind fuck. Like who is what and what's going on? Like which I love. Like I love. And then you quickly realize that the TVA is about to be destroyed, and we've caught up to where we were caught up with Loki. I thought we were gonna get this full Ouroboros moment in the season finale, mm. and I don't think I was fully wrong insofar as like the way this whole episode was treated was treated like a season finale. Like wherever yeah. we're going after oh, yeah. this, like we're just in uncharted waters. But the fact that we got all the way to the destruction of the TVA watched all of this stuff happen um i thought was really really effective uh we get the whole reboot they get their magic we get a really fun sequence where they get in there ravona gets pruned which sends her to the end of time where alioth is which i think is important like pruning like i think we just need to remember that pruning doesn't mean death pruning means you get sent to that giant place where the smoke monster is Mm. which is where she currently is which i think is 
potentially important, or we're going to go meet an earlier Ravona on the timeline. I don't know what's going to happen, but she's certainly not gone. Um, and then, yeah, the entire ending sequence was just surprise after surprise, like Victor Timely turning to spaghetti, watching everything explode, uh, the temporal loom just gone, and every timeline just running wild. And what that means anybody's guess i and i and as shannon said i love that i love that we're at we got two episodes left and that we're all just sitting here going well what the fuck is gonna happen next week like where are we even going and again the fact that and marvel should definitely be paying attention to social media and just seeing people's reactions to this because given the reactions to Love and Thunder, Multiverse of Madness, Secret Invasion, like any all of the other stuff, and then watching people's interaction and response to Miss Minutes, the ending mm. of this episode, the explosion, what this means for the timeline, like this is what you want Marvel fans to be doing. Yeah, the, what we're doing right now, this is what you want. So this is the direction you should be leaning in. Yeah, and on a programming note, uh, just to let you all know, we are going to be discussing what we think is coming next in the next two episodes of Loki on our main show, which is going to come out later this weekend uh, of the Geek Buddy. So in a way, we're continuing our story into our main show. So just letting you know there uh, if you want to hear more about what we think about it. So Shannon, what do you think of these last few scenes leading into this climatic, heroic uh, spaghetti moment from Victor Timely? I mean, what Vogel said in terms of like Marvel monitoring social media, Mm. I think is 100% on point because when phase four started, phase four started with WandaVision. Right. And WandaVision got so popular that when you tried to get on Disney Plus at midnight towards the end of that run, you couldn't get on because (laughs) so many people were trying to watch those episodes. That interest was not as high for Falcon and Winter Soldier, but it was still there because these are two characters the two legacy characters that people really liked. Um, Loki, I believe, has been the most popular Disney Plus series. So watching how people are chatting about this again, speculating on what things mean, even, again, I I love reading the theories, even some of the most batshit crazy theories, I think that's a good thing because that means people are invested and they want to find out what happens. And because we literally don't know what is going to happen. I think I had said before that I think we've seen everything in the marketing. Apparently there is a shot of Ravona in the void. And also there's a shot of uh, Loki by a uh, jet ski. Mm-hmm. Um, so we know that is coming in some way. Um, the thing that I really loved about them putting the machine together was this high tech, high tech, uh, you know, uh, operation that they're trying to do. And the idea of having hot chocolate, to Victor Timely is such a novelty. And you think about these incredible minds and what they're able to come up with, but it's the simpler kind of conveniences that they may not consider. And that's why I thought him wanting to go and get this hot chocolate. I'm like, that, that is brilliant to me. The moment where he gets it, I'm like, what? He doesn't even take a sip, I don't think. No. I think he gives a sip, he gives it to the hunter. Right. And right. I'm like, why is he doing that? Like now I'm, I'm starting to get, you know, again, like my head can and it's just like, well, he did say he didn't want a partner before and he does have similarities with the other variants. I'm like, I'm like, there's no way he could have predicted that Brad was going to be behind the poor hunter who apparently has never tasted hot chocolate <laughs> <laughs> in all his time at the TVA. Or if he has, all of those memories have been wiped. But the fear on his face, which again, he's a broader character. The fear, even though a little silly looking, I think it was 100% authentic. Mm. When he sits back down with Ravona in this minutes, um, I'm starting to think of him as less of a con man and more of a survivalist. <laughs> like he's actually he, a survivor, yes. He, he is like, oh, I am in trouble. <laughs> so mm. let me see if I can come up with something to, to you know, uh, satisfy their rage at me right now you know the whole bit of the tim pads going down again like 
as an audience, we know what's happening in the background is important right. it, because it is it is in the background and our focal point is what's going on in the foreground. It, those moments kind of sneak up on you when OB and when Casey are like, the tempad's not working, the tempad, your tempad's not working. Like that's just, again, I think Vogel already said it, a really great tension building moment. Yeah. Um, when you see OB reboot the TVA and how Miss Minutes, that her death essentially, um, fantastic. I mean, the moment where she has the two X's over her eyes, that is very of that time of animation when you would see someone get their lights knocked out or they would be dead and you'd see the, you know, the tongue to the side, X's over their eyes. Great. But that last ominous line, like you'll never be him. Oh my gosh. Just so, so effective. Um, Knowing that suddenly the Lokis can do their magic in the TVA now and watching, watching Sylvie, enchant brad like the whole section was just really really great um thinking back on it victor timely 100 should have let loki because <laughs> go, go, <laughs> go, out there. go on that bridge because an asgardian is probably going to be able to uh resist <laughs> that, that that temporal radiation more than a person but yeah i mean we are so teed up for hope hmm. and as timely walks out onto that bridge you see the pain on his face and yeah. the shock as he is turned into as he gets spaghettied like it was just so so well done and then as you see the temporal loom explode essentially in that that going to black like if this were a network show in the early 2000s that 100 would have been the season finale and oh, you would have yeah. had to have just you know just champed at the bit all summer waiting for the the season premiere the, the next year um but we get it next week yeah. so i am so curious i'm so curious to hear your all's thoughts as well um but you have to well we're gonna do that on the main show <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure yeah i don't know if i can add much more to what you guys already so well laid out in your thoughts uh, uh for these final few scenes um yeah, I don't. Yeah, the hot cocoa machine. I'm with you, Mike. I got questions about the hot cocoa machine. I think he gives it to D90. Is it maybe to you hear you try it? It might be poison. You try it. I mean, maybe because it's an it's a new thing for him, or maybe as you said, he likes to create these little alliances so that he might use them later on down the road. He's always thinking four or five steps ahead. That's one of the things about Victor Timely, and it goes along with what Mo Shannon said. He's a survivor. So as a survivor, you've got to know who to use, when to use, you know, have cards to play. You may not play them all, but you've got cards to play in your back pocket, possibly in certain moments. So maybe he was trying to get D90 to feel a little softer for him. But I also think there's a little symbolism in that moment, too. This idea that there's plenty of people who fight for things they believe in, but forget to enjoy the things that they're fighting for. You know, a lot of people say that, like, oh, why don't you take a moment and, like, enjoy some of the fruits of, the labor or the things you're fighting for remember it's good to remember what you're fighting for and i'm saying he's fighting for hot cocoa but the idea of the tva being, i don't know he really liked that hot he cocoa. didn't like the to- cocoa yeah maybe no one's been nice to him at all i love the i love the miss menace thing as well i totally agree with you but the ominous shot it it, it leads me to another possibility here with the ouroboros maybe with miss minutes that i think is going to be interesting and i love that they did the twist i love that they did the twist that it, he, the running out with the music swelling and bang, it's all over. And we didn't see them use their magic other than to manipulate uh, Brad. So I wonder if maybe there's something there which we'll, we'll talk about. But I just think overall, the way they constructed this whole thing, leading you to this moment of hope and having it blow up in your face, I thought was just genius. Kind of like the end of um, Infinity War that Thanos actually won at the end of that movie nobody expected that at the end of that movie and it was a great surprise for a lot of people and marvel does that when they can build to something really good and uh zig when you think they're gonna zag the fans kind of love that and so i think that that was a great ending for it as well uh all right any final thoughts uh for this episode as we wrap up our uh, spoiler review here gentlemen I just thought of something crazy, but I will save it for our <laughs> weekly show where we talk about what we think is about to happen. But as you guys were talking, yeah, something just occurred to me. And if I'm right, 90% I'm wrong. But 10% if I'm right, it'll be wild. <laughs> All right. Tune into our main show for that. It's um, Mephisto. It's Mephisto. Oh, not again. Not again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Shannon, any final thoughts? No, I want to hear Michael's crazy theory. So we got to record our next... <laughs> 
Here I come. Oh, here I come. Oh. Jesus. Um, all right. All right. Let's get on out of here then. Thank you all so much for joining us for this spoiler review here of episode four of uh, Loki season two. We appreciate you all and your comments down below as well. So uh, thank you so much. Shannon, what do we have to tell them? Yeah, I'd like to follow us on social media. On Twitter, it's at geek underscore buddies. On Instagram, at the underscore geek underscore buddies. If you'd like to follow me on social media, on Twitter, it's at Shannon underscore McClung. On Instagram, at Shannon the Geek Buddy. If you would like to follow Mr. Vogel, it is at MKTune. If you would like to follow Mr. Roca, it is at the Roca Says. Mikey? Uh, look, if you like geeking out on all things, everything, we are here for you, and we love doing it every single week. So here's what you guys can do for us. Go ahead and smash that like button below. Subscribe to Johnny's Outlaw Nation page. Check out all the amazing content he's got there. Leave your comments below. What did you think of this episode? What do you think is happening next? What do you like? What do you hate? Let us know below. If you're listening to us on a podcast, go ahead and leave us some stars and some comments so we go up in the rankings and more people can find us. And as always, the best thing that you guys can do is retweet this video, post it on your socials, send it to your friends friends and tell them to hang out with your buddies the geek buddies there you go all right y'all thanks so much and uh, we appreciate it madly uh come and join us next week for another spoiler review of loki season two and don't forget to uh watch our main show which will have our speculation of what we think is coming next in these next two episodes of loki season two until then take care of yourselves be well and we'll talk to you next time on the geek buddies <gasps> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.